0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the NFL Roadshow Friday Fantasy 15 edition with 15 games left this week, two of which are in primetime, one very early on Sunday, the first London game of the year, Saints-Vikings. Then we've got nine games in the early window and three games in the afternoon window. And I gotta tell you, a lot of things feel up in the air this week, more so than usual. So let's get started. We're gonna put 15 minutes on the clock because I know you're busy. Want to get through the most notable fantasy storylines as quickly as possible for you? So let's go ahead and break the huddle. love let's go. Two on two on two. Ready. Three. All right, first thing you need to know about this week is that there is a very early game. So your lineup setting routine might need to be modified a little bit because there are some injured players in play for that game. It is Saints-Vikings. It's at 6.30 a.m. Pacific time on Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. So again, early, set your alarm, whatever, uh, for when the actives and actives are going to come out. Here's what we do know. Jameis is doubtful. To start for the Saints. Doubtful almost always means out. I think you can go ahead and adjust your lineups accordingly. Andy Dalton would be the starting quarterback if Jameis didn't play. Michael Thomas is out. Um, Andrews Pete, the right guard, is also out with a concussion. Um, Jarvis Landry is expected to play, though he's listed as questionable. Kamara, also questionable, expected to play. I think those two players... Uh, and Olave are the ones that we need to put on our radar that maybe maybe their usage changes the most. Um, that's pretty much every offensive player. So it goes without saying, with the changing quarterback, Jameis, a guy who clearly this year has been a guy who's just zeroed in on going downfield. Chris Olave is the guy that benefits from that. When you put Andy Dalton on the field, I think he will still target uh, Chris Olave, but Chris Olave has been a big air yards guy so far this year. I think you could see Andy Dalton maybe use more parts of the field. I could see Jarvis Landry entering the mix a little bit more. Um, And I'm hoping that it is a big Camaro week because it has to be a big Camaro week uh, if he can't get it done this week when he's the most obvious weapon to utilize under the circumstances against a Minnesota run defense that has not been great this year, then I think we will have to hit every panic button involved um, in Kamara's 14 fantasy points so far, you guys, in three games. It's not good. Anyway, another situation that I think where usage could be very different this week is the quarterback change for the New York Jets. It's not Joe Flacco anymore. It's going to be Zach Wilson. They say the Knee is 100%. So what does the change in quarterback mean for the fantasy weapons there in New York? Frankly, I don't know the answer. We have not seen Elijah Moore utilized that much. Is the change in quarterback the answer for him? Garrett Wilson's been good so far. I'm curious to see what it means for Tyler Conklin, who was a popular waiver wire pickup this week after three straight solid games. I think a lot of people didn't trust it after two weeks, and then maybe we're like, okay, I guess we're utilizing him a lot. because he's third in fantasy scoring at tight end through three weeks. He's fifth at the position in targets. That could go completely out the window if Zach Wilson doesn't use him as much as Joe Flacco. So that's one that's on my radar for this week. Mac Jones is out for the Patriots. So it is going to be Brian Hoyer against the Packers, who may or may not have Jair Alexander on defense. He did not practice on Thursday with the groin injury. According to reports on Friday, he looked like he was trending toward playing, but his status would be big for the Patriots passing attack. That said, as we heard from James White earlier this week, don't go back to the same guy two weeks in a row. Last week, it was Devontae Parker. I would pivot. Frankly, I wouldn't play any of the Patriots wide receivers unless I absolutely had to because I could completely see this being like a Kendrick Bourne comes out of nowhere for them because that's just how they roll. A wide receiver we're not going to see – This week is Amonra St. Brown. He's out versus Seattle. Swift is out too with a shoulder injury. So from a running back standpoint, Jamal Williams becomes a guy you probably need to start if you have him. Seattle allowing an average of 157 yards on the ground, and Williams has already shown us that he can do the job. As for the guy who steps into a better situation because of Amonra's injury, so it could be DJ Chark or it could be Josh Reynolds. Here's the thing that scares me. The Seahawks defense, okay, it's not our favorite defense in the league, but they're not giving up that many fantasy points to wide receivers. In fact, they're only allowing an average of 27.5 points to the position per game. Comparatively speaking, the Ravens, who are allowing the most, are allowing 56 a game, right? So that's a big disparity. So I'm not totally sure that either Reynolds or Chark turn into a must-play player in Amonra's absence. In fact, in DFS, I might turn to... Khalif Raymond at $3,100 because the Seahawks seem to struggle the most against slot receivers in terms of yards per target allowed. So I would not stake my life to it, but I would not be surprised if Khalif Raymond was the guy who came out of nowhere to have a big blow-up game in this one. Could be Quintus Cephas, I suppose, too. Speaking of big blow-up games, I think this Could actually be a good week for Tyler Lockett, who actually has been good for the last couple of weeks. He scored back to back 16 points. Um, on back-to-back 11 target, 9-catch games, very consistent uh, in the last two weeks anyway, Lions defense has been giving up a ton of yards and fantasy points, and he's priced down at $5,900, so I don't hate that play. That game, by the way, has the second highest point total of the week, Seattle-Detroit, though it is worth noting that the point totals are relatively low this week overall, just one game over 50 points. This one has a 48-point total. I've had absolutely zero success isolating bets that I like this year, so I am not saying that you should rush out and put money on this, but I kind of like the under here. I don't see how the Lions, without their two best offensive weapons, continue to put points on the board at the rate that we've been seeing. And although the Seahawks have played some tough defenses so far in the Niners and Broncos, they're only averaging 15.7 points per game. And I don't think that they're the kind of offense that explodes for a total that's a lot higher than that, even against the Lions. That said, I do not hate the Geno Smith play this week. If you are totally in a bind at quarterback, he did score 18 points last week, and I could see that kind of production from him against this week. A lot of big name running backs dealing with injuries this week. We already talked about DeAndre Swift. David Montgomery is also out for the Bears with a high ankle sprain. I know a lot of you guys have Khalil Herbert fired up and ready to go, and I love that play for a bunch of reasons. A- Because he looked incredible last week. We saw him do some things that I'm not 100% sure that David Montgomery could do. He's got some shiftiness in him. He's fun to watch. B, the Bears are committed to the run. I mean, if there is a team in this league that you can count on turning around and handing the ball off to the running back, it is Chicago. They ran the ball 40 times last week. And the week before, they ran it 27 times out of 41 offensive plays. You guys, Justin Fields has 297 passing yards on the year total in three games. That's literally a number that has been surpassed in 19 single games this year by quarterbacks. Geno Smith threw for 325 yards last week alone. Geno Smith. So, another perspective stat here from Andrew Siciliano's Twitter 29 NFL quarterbacks have completed more passes than Justin Fields has attempted. They want to run. Likely because they feel like they have to run. So we need to run with their running backs. And by the way, the Giants, who they are playing this week, have allowed the eighth most rushing yards per game to opponents this year. Flip side here, Chicago is allowing the third most. So Saquon Barkley, worth a look in DFS, despite his high price point of $8,000. A few more running back injuries. Christian McCaffrey is questionable with a thigh injury, which completely sucks because he's playing in the afternoon window where there are not a lot of options, just three games in that window. So you need to have a backup plan for him. Perhaps there's a Patriots running back that you also have on your roster and maybe otherwise would not be playing or a Rams running back that you would prefer not to play. The handcuff for McCaffrey on the Panthers is tricky because it actually might turn out to be a committee. Uh, We've got Chuba Hubbard, and we have Deontay Foreman. So personally, I liked what I saw from Foreman down the stretch last year for Tennessee. I did not love what we saw from Hubbard last year in Carolina, but I can't say with certainty that it will be Foreman. So as much as it feels counterintuitive, if you have another good running back option, you might not want to roll with Christian this week. I know that feels awful, Because you probably took him number two overall, but you don't want to get stuck without a good option. And so far, frankly, he hasn't been that good. At least not good enough to take the risk. His high this year is 16 points against the Giants, and now he's hurt. It's a tough one. A little bit easier. Dalvin Cook is off the injury report, so we will see him Sunday against the Saints. And you could put Madison back on your bench for now. Highest point total of the week, and this is a game I do want to attack in fantasy for a bunch of different reasons. It's Bill's Ravens with a 51-point total. Both offenses here are incredible, and both defenses, this week at least, are susceptible. The Ravens have been the worst pass defense In the league so far, they're allowing a league high 26 points per game to quarterbacks and a league high 56 points per game to wide receivers. That is a lot, even comparatively to the other teams that have been bad. So I love this matchup for Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. They're going to be super chalky in DFS though. So you might want to pivot off of them there, but I do expect very high point totals for them. Also for Gabe Davis, assuming he plays, he re-aggravated his ankle injury this week in practice. But on Friday, he said he was going to play, said his ankle felt fine on that particular day. As for the Ravens' assets here, the Bills' secondary is just not as strong as they have been. For the second week in a row, there are a ton of injuries here that we need to put on our radar. Remember, Micah Hyde is on IR, as is Tredavious White. We don't know about Jordan Poyer's status. He's got an injured foot. Super important for the defense moving forward uh, that he is able to play well since they don't have Micah Hyde. So my guess is that they will be weighing their need to have him this week and their need to have him for the rest of the season because they're going to need him healthy. So I think that's going to be a tough call for them. Uh, Cornerback Dane Jackson missed last week. He says the plan is for him to play this week. McDermott says we'll see. Xavier Rhodes who is a name that you know, obviously, from his time with the Vikings in particular, is a cornerback who they just signed this week to help. He has a hamstring injury now, so he won't play. Christian Benford, who's another cornerback, he is out. Jordan Phillips on the line, defensive tackle, he is also out. We're not sure about Ed Oliver. You guys, that's a lot of injuries. Like it's a good D, but that, those are a lot of people to metabolize uh, the loss of. So that said, um, Worth keeping an eye on for Baltimore's O, oh, they did practice Friday without their two left tackle options, Ronnie Stanley and Patrick McCari. So if they can't go, we might see a rookie fourth rounder, Daniel Filele, at that very important spot on the line. Um, so a lot of injuries to keep our eye on. Another game where injuries have me a little scared off, Chargers-Texans. I'm concerned about Justin Herbert, who did not look comfortable last week and isn't going to be much improved from an injury standpoint this week. We know that he won't have Rashawn Slater in front of him, out with the torn biceps. Corey Lindsley, who is the center, was not at the start of practice Friday. He's questionable for the game. Keenan Allen is out. Then on the defensive side, Joy Bosa's out. I know it's Houston, but I don't have a good feeling about the game for LA. I'm not even sure I'm confident in Mike Williams this week. Because of the environment. Daniel Popper, who covers the team for the Athletic, very well I might add, posted a clip from last week's game of Williams getting open on a go route, but Herbert was already locked in on the checkdown. So I'm afraid with his injury and the potential protection breakdowns that that could continue to happen a lot this week. And that should be a good thing for Austin Eckler, who has a smash spot matchup. This week. I mean, if he's going to turn it around, he's going to turn it around against the Houston Texans, who are averaging 202 rushing yards per game allowed. That's the most in the NFL. It is the obvious way for the Chargers to attack Houston, but can we trust the Chargers to do that, considering their usage of him so far? I don't know. I tell you what, I do like Damian Pierce in this game. Chargers allowing 26 fantasy points per game to running backs. Texans gave him the ball a ton last week. 20 rush attempts for 80 yards. That brought his season total to 46 attempts. That is ninth most in the NFL. I also think it makes sense for the Texans to try and limit the number of chances that Herbert has to try and gut out a big play against them. So the ground attack, I think, makes sense for Houston. That said, Brandon Cooks has to have a good game one of these days. It's all there except for the production. 4.2 points he scored last week against Chicago, which has actually been pretty good against wide receivers, though they haven't been tested that much. His targets are near the top of the league. 29 this season. That's like an average of 10 a game. You'd take that every day. He's only caught 13 of those balls. 13 of 29. So is that concerning 100%? Is it statistically probable to continue? I cannot imagine. We have to see positive regression there. And the Chargers defense is allowing 41 fantasy points per game to wide receivers and have allowed five touchdowns to the position. Tampa is listing Godwin and Julio as questionable. Mike Evans' return for them this week after the suspension is huge for the Bucs and for Brady who's been super conservative in these first few games. Last week against the Packers, his dot was his lowest in a game since he joined Tampa Bay. Evans changes that. So I expect Brady to have more success this week, and obviously Evans is a must play. A few other fantasy guys I like, because I know I'm up against it from a time standpoint, that are less expensive in DFS, less obvious in season long also, I like Tunyon at tight end against the Patriots, who are allowing 18 points per game to tight ends and have allowed four touchdowns to the position. I know a lot of that has to do with having played the Ravens last week, and this Packers offense is very differently constructed than the Ravens offense, but we all knew that the Ravens were going to the tight ends, and New England still couldn't stop it, and I think that Rodgers trusts Tunyon, and I said this earlier in the year, actually before week one, and I think I was just a little bit too early it didn't properly factor in recovery time for Tunyon coming off injury. I think Rodgers is looking for players this year that he can trust on offense. I think that those players are few and far between so far. And I think it makes sense for him to go to Tunyon in that situation. And he has, by the way. Tunyon has been targeted on 30% of his routes run this season. That's a very high percentage. He was second on the team in targets last week with seven. And he's only $3,500 on DraftKings. So you can go down, plug that into your lineup, and get up at a lot of other positions. I like that play. I also like Amari this week against the Falcons, allowing the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers with 47 a game, I think that bodes well for the clear and obvious leader at that position in Cleveland. And then another note, I saw a graph of yards after catch leaders through three games. And that stat is usually a pretty good indicator of fantasy football success. And while the names at the top are mostly predictable, Waddle, number one, AJ Brown, number two, Rashad Bateman at three, that's notable. Uh, Tyree Hill is four, Diggs is five, Christian Kirk is six. How about that? Maybe he wasn't overpaid. Um, But the names that jump out at me here, 10, Drake London, 12, Greg Dorch for Arizona. He has done nothing but put up double-digit fantasy points every week this year. Curtis Samuel was 13, LaVisca Chenault is 14, and Zay Jones, another Jaguars wide receiver, he is 15. Also notable on this list, Devontae Adams, 26. They need to find ways to get him the ball in space in a must-win game against the Broncos this week, who, by the way, are a team that is emerging as a defense that you want to avoid in fantasy, along with San Francisco and Tampa Bay. So we'll see how that goes. The defenses to target, it looks like so far, Baltimore, Detroit, Las Vegas, and Houston, all giving up a ton of fantasy points pretty much across the board. All right, that's going to do it for us today. I didn't go that much over the 15-minute total. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd be grateful if you would hit that five-star button, leave a review. But most importantly, please subscribe so that when we are back on Monday, that episode will automatically show up in your feed. Big thanks to Andrew Emmer for producing today's episode. The NFL Roadshow, as always, is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. I hope you have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the games. Remember about that early game. Get your lineup locked. And we'll see you back here again on Monday. Serious XM Podcasts.